Welcome to Irish Exit Everything. My name is Frank, and if you were to ask Beyonce who runs the world, she would say girls. And I wish that were true, because maybe then everyone would actually have bodily autonomy. But the word of the day is control. And the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade is all about control. Controlling women, controlling anyone who can get pregnant and give birth. Why? Because there's a lot of independence with the ability to choose when to have a child, right? Because that's a big financial responsibility that not all of us can afford. So when you take that choice away, you're forcing dependence, whether that's on your family, on a domestic partner who might be abusive, on the very limited public services that the government provides, which are very insufficient enough as it is because we'd rather invest in the military. Because the capitalist system doesn't care about the unpaid domestic work of raising a family. That's what it always comes down to, labor. A capitalist system needs a labor force to make profits for the ruling class, the wealthy few at the top. And so by forcing you to have a child, they're forcing you to be dependent on a job so you can provide for the child yourself or be dependent on someone who can work. And that's why I'll fight for abortion rights because folks should have some semblance of the ability to choose what's best for them as much as they can choose to in a global capitalist system. And it's funny, since Russia invaded Ukraine, I've been hearing a lot of commentary about a new world order. New world order. Now, there are certainly a lot of questions around the war in Ukraine, like what the hell is Putin thinking? Is he trying to bring back the Soviet Union? Is Russia and China going to team up and bring about this new world order? And I feel like we need to make a few things clear. First, nobody knows what the hell Putin is thinking. He's a sociopath. But the atrocities he's committing is not unique to just him. Because he's a capitalist. He's an authoritarian imperialist. And it's for that reason that he's not trying to bring back the Soviet Union. Love it or hate it, the Soviet Union wasn't capitalist. It wasn't communist, like the capitalists want you to believe, but it wasn't capitalist. So if anything, as a capitalist, Putin is trying to bring back the czarist Russian empire from before the Russian Revolution. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, look into the history of the Russian Revolution. Now, are China and Russia trying to bring about this new world order? Well, that's really a question of who's going to be at the center of the global capitalist system, which kind of makes it sound like a reality show, like who will be the new top capitalist? Tune in next time to find out. The history of world orders is kind of an interesting one. And historian Dr. Alfred McCoy and author of To Govern the Globe, uh, he looked into the last 700 years or so of the rise and fall of empires. And I guess a level above that would be world orders. And you, know, you have empires like the Roman Empire. I think that's a classic example, but that wasn't a world order. You didn't really have world orders until the Portuguese and the Spanish started to sail to Africa and India and around the world to find foreign markets, to colonize, to establish an international slave trade, right? And then the world order shifted then from the Dutch to the British and then the U.S., 
And now there's this question of, oh, is the new world order going to be China and Russia? And I don't know, you can argue that these imperial superpowers were different in certain ways, but I wouldn't say they were new world orders uh, because the driving motivation for all of them was profit. And it still is. It's kind of like when you're at work and they bring in a new manager, right? Like it's a different person physically, but they're still going to write you up for taking a 40 minute shit, right? Like they might implement a casual Friday. Oh, that's kind of different and quirky, but they're still going to tell you no when you ask for a day off or ask for a much needed raise, right? So like it's a different manager, but same management structure. It's the same with the, the global capitalist system. And the highest stage of capitalism is imperialism, which prioritizes the global movement of finance capital above anything else. And this is why China is seen as such a huge competitor with the US. Not only is China the world's largest exporter of goods, they're also the world's largest creditor. They give out a lot of loans to other countries who will eventually have to pay them back, right? They invest a lot of money in other countries' infrastructure Think about the, the Belt and Road Initiative or the, the new Silk Road. So they're building a lot of spheres of influence around the world by giving other countries money, investing in their infrastructure. And the U.S. wants to be doing that. And this is why we don't like China. I mean, don't get me wrong. The democratic suppression in China is horrible and a real issue, just like in any other capitalist nation. But... I'm not sure the U.S. actually cares about that. They more so care about where they can make a profit. The concept of borders, and I've talked about this before, is a really contradictory thing because borders cease to matter when you're looking for a profit, right? Wherever there's markets, you don't really care if there's a border or not. But capitalists are tied to their nation states. So borders still matter in that sense. And this is why global conflict is inevitable in capitalism, because you can't maintain profits unless you find new markets. So you have to expand across the globe, but your competitors in other countries are doing the same thing. And this is why you end up with free trade agreements like NAFTA, which is really a joke because think about how militarized our borders are, especially at the Southern border. Like the US is happy for profits and capital to flow across the borders, right? But people, people who are just looking for a fresh start, fuck no. And why? It's about control. Borders literally and figuratively divide people. So a government can say, you on that side over there, you're not welcome over here, unless you want to work for practically nothing in really shitty conditions, come on over. But don't expect citizenship and all the benefits that come with that you still belong over there. And then they use the term illegal immigrants as a scapegoat for the inequalities between the ruling class and the working class. Um, it's a sick game. And the objective of the game is control. Surprisingly, Biden is thinking about rolling back Title 42 on May 23rd, which was a Trump era order that turned away asylum seekers at the US-Mexico border for the sake of public health during the pandemic which we all know wasn't actually about public health, but this would be one small positive step to end Title 42. But of course, the Republicans are giving Biden shit for this move. So we have to pressure the Biden administration to roll back Title 42. And then after that, 
ease as many immigration restrictions as possible. Because not only is it the humane thing to do, but we actually depend on migrant workers to function. And we really have to question, does the government really have the power to restrict who crosses their border, especially when we're on stolen land? But right now, that's just the way of the world under a capitalist system. So as I'm hearing these discussions about a new world order, really the only thing new about it is who might be at the center of it. And as the global superpowers are fighting each other to be at the center of it, working class people are building their own centers of power, their own pockets of resistance with labor unions, with worker co-ops, with social movements. Shout out to the Amazon Labor Union and Starbucks Workers United because they're reminding us of working class power. And the ruling class knows the power of organized working class people. So they try to absorb any momentum that working class people are trying to make. We've seen this with the labor movement. Labor unions were huge in the 1900s. I think at its peak, 35% of the workforce in the US was unionized. And now it's down to like 10%. And we see companies spend millions of dollars on union busting, like in Starbucks, Howard Schultz is like trying to offer pay raises to stores that aren't unionizing. We've also seen this with the civil rights and other social movements, a lot of power in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And now we're seeing voter suppression and other democratic and human rights under attack. In order to sustain any momentum for change, working class people need to utilize both protest and politics in conjunction with each other. And I don't mean vote blue no matter who. I'm talking about voting for politicians who are gonna respond to the building pressure of more and more protests. But we gotta do both, protest and politics. We gotta resist all methods of control, whether it's an attempt to control our bodies or our borders. Organize, protest, mutual aid, because our power comes from mobilizing with each other. Thanks for listening and I'll hope you join me next time.